All right, hey guys, it's Liz here from Fleeky Foods, and welcome to the first episode of Fleeky Foods and Friends. So I just wanted to tell you guys kind of why I started this podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts, you guys know that. I listen to them when I run, I listen to them when I go on walks, I listen to them around the house. I love them, and I thought it'd be really cool to start a podcast where I highlight up-and-coming food accounts because all the podcasts that I listen to are all very successful food accounts already and I thought it'd be super fun to highlight some people who maybe have less than a hundred thousand followers so you can kind of get to know the people behind those accounts but obviously it's just me for this episode I thought I would start out with just a little bit about me and kind of why I started this account and my health and wellness journey And then I asked you guys for some questions on my stories, and I picked some of those, and I'm going to answer them. So, just to begin, my name's Liz. By the time this episode is up, I will be 19. I go to Wisconsin-Madison. I transferred there from Vanderbilt. I'll talk about that in a little bit. I am a nutrition major, and I am on the pre-physician's assistant track. I started this account when I was in sophomore year started it in study hall i started it with one of my friends she's no longer a part of it zadie if you're listening hello and i started this account actually before i was diagnosed with lyme disease if you didn't know that i have lyme disease i was diagnosed going into my senior year it really changed how i looked at food and everything of that sort with wellness and health before i was diagnosed with lyme disease i loved dairy and gluten i ate white bread pasta, regular ice cream all the time. Had a huge sweet tooth and honestly still have a huge sweet tooth, but obviously I've had to make some adjustments on what those kind of sweets are. But before I was diagnosed, I loved eating a lot of dairy and gluten. And when I was diagnosed, my doctor put me on a elimination diet, which is a very strict diet to see how your body reacts to different sorts of foods. It was really strict for two weeks and then I was supposed to stay away from dairy, gluten, and refined sugar for at least six months. And obviously I've kind of taken that to heart and I am now fully dairy and gluten-free. I was completely dairy and gluten-free for the full six months and then I would allow myself to have little cheat days every once in a while after that six months. I actually and did the six months with an In-N-Out burger because I was in California. Crazy to think about traveling now. <laughs> but I was in California and I had an In-N-Out cheeseburger and a milkshake. And that was the first thing I had that had dairy and gluten in it in six months. So that was in December and I was diagnosed in June of that year. And surprisingly enough, my stomach was actually pretty fine. <laughs> but then I continued eating dairy and gluten-free Um but I would allow myself if I wanted like a McDonald's McFlurry, I'd go get a McDonald's McFlurry. Sometimes at Chipotle, I would get a burrito. I think that was probably like four times over that next three months of the end of my senior year. And then I just noticed that it really just didn't make me feel good. The gluten and dairy would give me really bad stomach aches, unlike that first time that I had it in California when I was completely fine. But I realized that it just really didn't make me feel good and decided that I was just going to go fully dairy and gluten-free. Now, with that, if I was really in the mood for a McDonald's McFlurry, I would not say, like, 
I don't eat dairy and gluten. Like there's no way I'm eating that McDonald's McFlurry. But I know that I don't feel good when I eat that stuff. So I stay away from it completely now at this point. I think the last time I had dairy or gluten that I know of, I mean, maybe it's accidentally been in something, but that I know of was probably... February of my senior year, maybe March, sometime late winter, early spring. So it's been, I think, a full year and a half since I've had dairy and gluten again, which is crazy because it feels like just yesterday I was diagnosed. Getting back to when I started this account, so that was my sophomore year, we posted for like two weeks, I think, and then stopped. Fleeky Foods, maybe I should talk about where the name came from. I, I have quite my own lingo when it comes to speaking. I say a lot of strange words that I probably make up on my own, and I shorten a lot of words. I call it chicken parmesan, chicky chicky parm parm. It's from Parks and Rec, if you know that. I love you. But I I just have a very strange way of talking, and I've really stuck with the on fleek trend, though I think that was like five or six years ago now that that was even a thing, but that's where the name Fleeky Foods was born. It's all the foods that I find particularly fleeky, so it was regular desserts and when it first started and when I was diagnosed with Lyme disease, I kind of fell back in love with cooking and baking. I'd always liked it growing up, but I'm talking like making box brownie mixes. And when I went dairy and gluten-free, I obviously had to kind of change my perspective on food as a whole and I had to make a lot of my own food. My parents were super adaptive with the diet where they weren't making like grilled cheeses for dinner and being like fend for yourself. They were super helpful um, cooking but obviously I wanted to figure out how to kind of cook my own stuff for things like lunch and breakfast and if they weren't home for dinner. So I fell back in love with cooking and baking and that's all thanks to my Lyme disease diagnosis. I restarted this account, I believe, summer going into my freshman year of college. So it was about a year ago, really got into it that summer. And then once I went to college, I didn't have a kitchen in my freshman year dorm. So I kind of took a break. And once I came back for quarantine a couple months ago, getting full circle here, I restarted the account officially. And I think I've posted every day since like March, which is crazy. I just love cooking. It calms me down a lot. And it's something I really enjoy. I like sharing my food with others. I know my stepdad is listening to that right now and laughing because I never share my desserts with him. But I like gifting my foods to other people when I don't want to eat it myself or if there's too many. So I definitely have just kind of made cooking and baking a large part of my life. That is actually the reason that I transferred from Vanderbilt to Wisconsin. Vanderbilt was my dream school my whole life. My oldest sister went there. She's nine years older than me and she graduated from there. And I always wanted to go there. I was a big singer growing up, loved country music. So Nashville just kind of seemed like the perfect place for me. It was a great school, and I early decision there my senior year and got in and had already at this point kind of knew, so this was after the Lyme diagnosis, obviously, and knew I wanted to do something in nutrition, but Vanderbilt does not have a nutrition program. So I thought that I could go there and kind of make my own major and then do dietetics post-grad, and when I realized that I didn't necessarily want to become a registered dietitian, if I wanted to go into something other that was also medical, I would not be able to ever study nutrition to the extent that I wanted to if I was not doing it in my undergraduate. So winter of my freshman year, I kind of had to decide I either could leave my dream school and pursue the major that I really wanted, or I could stay at the dream school and not necessarily get to study nutrition 
to the extent that I would have liked to. So I ended up transferring. Wisconsin is a lot closer to home. Also, I'm from Chicago. I know some people already who go there, so it should be an easy transition. And I am really looking forward to it. Madison is a great town. I'm actually not going this semester. All my classes are online because of this lovely pandemic. And due to that, I am just gonna take all my classes online at home so I can save money for grad school because grad school is pricey. So that's a little bit about me and kind of why I started this health and wellness journey. And it's obviously evolved so much, you guys know from my journey with running. I don't know if I got this across in the blog post enough. I hated running. There was nothing I wanted to do less than run. I did sprints on my treadmill just so I could get some cardio in and I would literally go down into my basement, just run on the treadmill for like 15 minutes and I'm talking like sprinting for 30 and then walking for a minute and a half. If you love sprinting, sprinting is great but I could not do long distance running for the life of me and like I said in the blog post, my mom and one of my sisters are both huge runners and my mom ran a marathon my gosh I want to say sophomore maybe sophomore year of high school and she killed it and I remember at the end of the marathon thinking wow imagine if I could ever do that but there was no way in my mind that I could ever do it because I couldn't even run a mile. Like she wanted me to run one of the miles with her. She was having some people hop in at different miles and I was like, I don't even think I can run that one mile. I hated running. I was a cheerleader and a gymnast growing up, so I was more into kind of the strength side of working out. But I actually took a cycling class in Nashville at a place called Full Ride Cycling. It is a great cycling place if you are ever in Nashville. And the instructors are super motivating and... (laughs) After one of the classes that I took, I felt so motivated and like I could do anything. I went back to my dorm and I signed up for a half marathon. Keep in mind, I could not, at this point, still could not run a mile. This was probably December of my freshman year and I decided to sign up for a half marathon. That would be in May in Chicago because I would, had the pandemic not happened, I would have finished classes and moved back home at the end of April. And so I decided to sign up for this half marathon. I had gotten a sinus surgery in December and wasn't able to work out for two weeks after that. So the two weeks ended on January 1st, funny enough. So I was like, okay, I'll start running January 1st. I'll figure it out. I could not run outside at all. I could only run on the treadmill. I didn't think I could pace myself and I wasn't able to pace myself for a long time. I'll talk about that later, but I just couldn't do it. And I would force myself to... (laughs) go to the little gym above the freshman dining hall at Vanderbilt. If you go to Vanderbilt, you know what I'm talking about. There's not really many weights to it. It's just like eight treadmills and some free weights and like one weight machine. (laughs) And I would go there and I would, I think I got up to four miles before I got sent home. And this was probably in February and I hated it. It was so painful. It was, I loved it after, afterwards. I really liked the post-running feeling, but I was not enjoying it as I was doing it. I would just be sweating and felt like I was about to die. (laughs) And I think I got up to four miles and I did four miles, I think once. I would do long runs like every two weeks and do sprints other days. Another funny story about running that I did not include on my How I Fell in Love with Running blog post, I had an early spring break. I know a lot of people didn't really get to go on spring break because that was when the whole pandemic happened. I had an early spring break with Vanderbilt, so I actually did get to go on vacation, um, and when I got back, then was sent home from school. How it worked was the week that I went on vacation, and then I got back to uh, campus on Sunday, and the next Monday night, 
I was actually at a sorority chapter meeting and I found out that I was getting sent home for two weeks and then we were supposed to come back, but obviously that didn't happen. And my family and I, the last week of February, went to Turks and Caicos. I didn't really work out that week. I kind of took it as like a rest week off because I, at this point, hated working out. And my sister and I were sleeping in the same room and my mom came into our room the last day and was like, Cassie, my sister, and her were going for a run. And they knew that I had run four miles. They knew I was training for the half marathon. And my mom and I agreed to disagree on how this conversation went down. But from how I heard it, she said, we'll go for a two-mile run and then we'll walk home. But as we're on this run, we're not even a mile in. And I felt like I had been running for, I think, five miles. And I was dying. I just can't do this. (laughs) And I was like, how are we only, like, not even a mile in? And my mom was like, it's fine. Like, we'll do the two miles. We'll walk a little and then we'll run two miles back. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You said we were running two miles and then walking back. And she was like, no, I said, we're running two miles, walking a little, and then we run the two miles back. I would never tell you we're just going for a two mile run. <laughs> so I started <laughs> literally having like a panic attack in the middle of downtown Turks and Caicos. If you've ever been there, you definitely know what I'm talking about. It's like one street that has all the stores where all the tourists go. And I'm literally like crying as I'm running. It was like hyperventilating. My mom had said not to bring my headphones or my phone because we would like talk on the run. She said I'd learn the joys of running with people. And so I had no phone, no music. So all I'm thinking is how much pain I am in. And I cried the whole, whole two miles there. I did it though, somehow ran the two miles there. And then we walked a little and then we started running back. And I just couldn't do it. I was like, nope, like, leave me here, honestly. Um, And so my mom and I walked back together, and I just cried the whole way home. Probably the worst run I've ever been on. But my mom loves bringing up that story now because, obviously, I was like, I can never run. Like, I'll never be a runner. And here I am now. Let's see if that was February. It's March, April, May, June, July, August. Half a year later, and I, like, crave long runs now. (laughs) And it's crazy to think that you can go from the beginning of the year not being able to run a mile to being able to run 10 miles straight and like actually enjoying it the whole way through. But I don't want anyone to get misled when I say enjoying it the whole way through. There are good runs and there are bad runs. Like there are runs that you you just don't want to run anymore. And then there are runs where it kind of feels effortless. And obviously you hope for those good runs, but Sometimes the bad runs just make you all that much stronger mentally, which has been a huge benefit for me for running. It's kind of the mental strength that you gain from it. It's crazy at the end of the 10 miles that I did earlier this week. When I looked down at my Fitbit after the run and saw that I had ran for like almost, I think it was like an hour and 25 minutes, and I had almost run for a full hour and a half. Like that's crazy that I just continuously ran for that much time. Never in a million years would I have thought that I could do that. And it's a bummer with all this stuff with COVID because obviously I'd love to run like a race right now, like a half marathon or something, but those probably won't be back for a long time. So I'll just have to put it off until then. Maybe by the time races come back, I'll run a marathon at that point. But yeah, so that's more about my journey. I still love weights. I do weights twice a week. So my workout schedule is Twice a week I do weights, twice a week I do some type of resistance. I don't want to call it HIIT because it's not HIIT, it's more like core, things like that. And then I run twice a week. I'm thinking about changing it where I run three times a week, lift twice a week, and do like one kind of core resistance day. 
So we'll see if I end up changing that. Now, I think we should get into the questions segment of this episode. So I asked you guys over on my Instagram, Leaky Foods, I'm sure you came from there already, but I asked you guys what questions you wanted answered. So I picked some out and we'll get into that. Easy question here. Where do you get your workout clothes from? I love buying workout clothes. It's all I do now because obviously I'm not really going out like I would normally as a college student. So I don't really need any going out clothes. So I just buy a lot of workout clothes <laughs> and that's like all I wear. Colorful Koala is the leggings brand that I always rave about on my stories. A family friend of mine, Molly, actually told me about this brand and they're on Amazon, $30 for leggings. The day that I'm recording this episode, I have five more pairs coming in the mail today. So it's a great brand. If you click the link in my bio, is a link directly to the specific leggings that I like. I like the ones with the pockets and I wear the 7 8 length because I'm 5'2 and they fit me like a full length, which is great. And then two brands that I also love are Fabletics and Lululemon. Obviously Lululemon is more pricey, but the quality is super good. I don't really buy that much from there. I have some things from a couple years ago, but I do really like their stuff. Their sports bras and tank tops are super cute. And obviously their leggings are incredible. And Fabletics is definitely more affordable and they have more like fun workout clothes, which I like. I get a lot of my stuff from there. So another question I got was how did you get Lyme disease? And I'm not actually 100% sure. So I had a lot of sinus problems growing up and my oldest sister was actually showing symptoms of Lyme disease and there was this Lyme symposium in downtown Chicago and my mom was like, well, I'm going to take my oldest sister, Natalie, there to get tested and they're doing full blood work, so why don't we bring you and we can see if there's anything in your blood work that would show why you have all these sinus problems. And when I got my blood work back, I tested positive for Lyme disease. So uh, we're not 100% sure, but my mom was possibly pregnant with me when she had it. And there's a potential that the Lyme disease was transferred while my mother was pregnant with me. Um, if you guys want to hear more about her Lyme disease journey, because hers was really bad. She was bedridden for like a year and a half, I think. Obviously, I was like one years old when this happened, so I don't remember it. But if you guys want her on the podcast let me know and let's see if we can get her on. And so short answer, I'm not really sure. Uh, back to running, how often do you up your mileage and was it hard to get into? I don't add more than one mile a week per my mother's instructions. <laughs> uh, but as it's gotten higher, obviously like it was easier adding one mile when I was going from three to four. But as you're going from like when I went from nine to 10, I ran nine miles probably like I think at the beginning of the month. So the beginning of August, and then it's now the end of August, and I just upped it to 10 miles. I'm pretty sure there's a general rule that you shouldn't up it more than 10% each week. I'd go for that. You don't obviously want to get injured by upping your mileage too much, but it is really funny going back through my old story highlight. I have a story highlight on Fleeky Foods called Fleeky Fitness, and it's where I post all my running and all my workout or any of my lifting pictures, and so it's funny if you click on it. It takes you back to like from when I'm recording this podcast 15 weeks prior and it was like my first time running three miles <laughs> outside. Um, like I said, I had run four miles on the treadmill at school, but I didn't start outdoor running until I got sent home uh, from the pandemic. So I think that was like March. Um, so that was when I first started running outdoors and it was the first time I ran like three miles outdoors. Uh, and the reason I couldn't run outside coming back to what I was talking about earlier was uh, I could not pace myself. (laughs) 
for the life of me, I would just sprint and then get really tired after like a block. And I just didn't know how to pace myself. So a tip for that, if you can't pace yourself, that's why I like the treadmill because I could just set a pace and just go with it. But it's easier to run longer distances, at least personally outside, because you're like, you can look at things and you're not just staring at a wall. (laughs) But a little tip if you're looking to work on your pacing is running with someone who's more experienced than you with running. I ran with my mom, not only um, for motivation, but for pacing. She was obviously really good at pacing. She's been running her whole life. It's definitely beneficial to run with someone. And that also helped then kind of motivate me to go out on a run. If I told my mom we were going to go running together, she could kind of hold me to that. Another question. Oh, how do you stay motivated? So I talked about how it was hard to find motivation at first, but staying motivated and tips to staying motivated. I'd say my biggest tip for staying motivated is loving the workout that you do. There are so many ways to move your body, whether that's rollerblading, walking. Walking is so good for you. (laughs) Running, lifting, so many things. Swimming. And I genuinely love the types of workouts that I do. And I feel so much better after I do them. So I guess I'm just kind of chasing that endorphin rush. (laughs) And that's kind of how I stay motivated. And also I work out first thing in the morning. I go to bed. (laughs) I'm like 60 years old. I go to bed at 10, 15 and I wake up at 6, 15 and work out right after. And then kind of start my day from there. So early morning workouts are great because you don't think about it throughout the day. Like, oh, I still have to work out later. I still have to work out. Or if you are having a problem like getting yourself to the gym or getting yourself to go work out, I would definitely recommend doing it early in the morning because then you don't have the time to kind of overthink it. And lastly, a little fun question is what are your favorite snacks? So I'm a huge snacker. I try my best to snack on things like fruits and veggies. Um, My mom and I make a really conscious effort to just have like cut up vegetables in the fridge. And by my mom and I, I mean she cuts up all the vegetables and I just eat them. Um, and so I love like baby carrots, celery, sugar snap peas have been my biggest obsession recently. Um, fruit, any of the sort, obviously like berries, super into honeydew melon right now. (laughs) Really into it. I used to hate it. I thought it was so boring. And then like not fruits and vegetables because obviously you don't always just want fruits and vegetables for a snack. (laughs) Um, I love popcorn. My favorite brands are Papa's Pops, which I just recently reviewed on fleeky reviews pop zero is an incredible so good their um cinema flavor is my favorite and their cinnamon so it's cinema like a movie theater and then cinnamon tastes like cinnamon toast crunch so good and if i'm making microwave popcorn i love the orville orville redenbacher single serving kettle corn bags because If I make a full-size bag of popcorn, I will eat the full thing myself, so I like the single-serving ones because then I can't just eat the whole bag without kind of overeating. So those are my favorite snacks. I'm sure I'm missing some, but obviously, like, anytime I have a baked good, that's also one of my favorite snacks because I'll just have them in the kitchen, which is great. Those are all the questions that I picked out to answer, so... I hope you guys enjoyed this first episode. I'm sorry if there are any technical difficulties. I am obviously still a newbie with this. So thank you if you have been listening this long. I love you. It means the world to me. This is obviously just the first episode, so I will have guests on pretty regularly. Might do some more solo episodes like this. If there are any particular things 
you want solo episodes about or any of the sort or any other feedback, comments, questions, concerns, just you can DM me on Fleeky Foods on Instagram. That's F-L-E-E-K-Y Foods. And I will try to answer in as quick fashion as I can. So thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Fleeky Foods and Friends.